Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk about church planting, theology, and drink coffee. Well, welcome to another episode of Rugged Theology. I'm Adam Diamond. I am a church planner candidate with Mile One Mission. And today I have two guests with me, so uh, let's go ahead and introduce. So we'll go first to my right here. My name is Steve Bray. I'm the lead elder at Calvary Baptist and the executive director of Mile One Mission. And uh, my other guest over here, who looks much better. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. My name is Jennifer Winger, and I'm the director of women's ministry here at Calvary Baptist Church and Mile One Mission. All right. So thank you, you two, for joining me here. So we have a very interesting topic today. Um, today we're going to talk about the, yeah, it's a very long word, complementarianism, and it's hard for me to say sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so some people might not even know what that is. Um, it's not a very common phrase as used, uh, but we'll get into that. So that's, what, that's the purpose of this episode here. So uh, right off the internet, I pulled a very basic definition here. I want to know what you guys think of this definition. Uh, so the definition says, that men and women have different but complementary roles and responsibilities in marriage, family life, and religious leadership. And it stops there. So I want to know for you guys is, you know, is that definition accurate, or would you do you want to expand on that? I think it's pretty simplistic okay. definition. So. What would you like to, how, how would you like to expand on that for people listening? And how would you maybe even like correct some things? Like how, how, what kind of definition would you get? How would you begin to break that down? So I, I would always start with the gospel. Whenever we have these conversations, we always have to start with the gospel because that's what it's about. So the fact that that's missing there is a, all right, so we're missing a gospel an issue, an issue for me, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is key. Obviously, if this is a you know a biblical position, then you would want to see some mention of the gospel or branching out from that. Uh, what about you, Steve? What what do you see missing from there? What would you like to add? Well, you know, again, the great thing about a podcast is I guess everybody can come back for more because I don't know that you're ever even going to come close on a thirty minute projected podcast to un unpack this in our world today. Um, Complementarianism, that is a, a simplistic definition. I mean, obviously, we believe the word complementarian means complement, right? So that, that um, but there are so many stigmas that go with this. Uh, Jennifer's exactly right about the gospel, but he, let's rewind even further than that. I think this actually, for a true complementarian, they find this in the Trinity itself. Mm. This is what we discover in the Godhead, which is we we claim to serve a Trinitarian God. So we have three gods, th three persons, one God, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are co-equal in value, co-equal in, in glory, co-equal in uh, strength, co-equal in all of these things. And yet God the Father does certain roles. God the Son does certain roles. God the Holy Spirit does certain roles. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so ultimately for me... In studying the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, um, since we are made in God's image all the way back to Genesis 1, it would make sense then that the fact that God made him male and female, that we were meant to display a, a, an earthly version of the Trinity. So as men and women, 
we are co-equal in regards to value. We are co-equal. We are considered both joint heirs with Christ as sons and daughters of God. Jesus Christ came and lived for both men and women. We each get to call a God Father. But in keeping with the example of the Trinity, men and women exhibit different roles, which allows the world to see and displayed the glory of God. Great. So uh, did you write that down for me? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, that seems like a great uh, definition, much more robust um, than the one that the internet gave me. Yeah, yeah. I just go show you can't trust everything you pull off the internet. Well, this is the thing, and I don't know how, Jennifer, how you think. I I just feel like even podcasts like this with the the emotional attachment to complementarianism and egalitarianism. And for our listening audience, those are the $50 words that just mean um, complementarianism is we believe that there are distinct roles for men and women in the church, even in our marriages, in our home life. Egalitarianism means the idea of equal. Mm -hmm. So the idea is no men and women are equal. So therefore the roles are interchangeable. Um, the the so there there would be a, there could be a whole podcast of just let's just define those terms. Yep. yep. Then there could be a whole co- podcast about okay, so what complementarianism is and what it isn't, mm-hmm. and then I would even say like the myths of it, and then you could do a whole podcast about the abuses of it because I actually think mm-hmm. that's the bigger struggle is well, there's been so many abuses to complementarianism, so many things hidden under it, and dare I use the elephant in the room like that. A person created in God's image uh, who said, you know, that infamous viral video of that pastor, supposed pastor, who, you know, was telling women to be trophy wives like Melina Trump and all this. And and it ki- kills me, right? Because the dude himself looks like he's had one too many Twinkies he, he's as, not, he's, yeah. as he's doing that. Right? Not, not the tatty guy, but, you know, if you're going to look at, tell a woman to be fit then you need to look in the mirror yourself. <laughs> but again, quite frankly, even if he was the the sexiest man alive and had a, he has no right he no. he usurps the glory of God as a male to tell a group of women this is how you are meant to look. Mm. And uh so, All right. so anyway. how how do these roles um let's break this down real quick. Some people might want to know okay, you have different roles, you're co-equal, you're both creating God's image, but how does this play in the church? What makes a complementarian church different? from an egalitarian church. I'll let you start. Okay. Then I'll jump in. Yeah, so I mean to, to just put it all on the table as as a complementarian we believe that God calls some men, not all men, some men mm-hmm. to the role of eldership or that role of being the spiritual leader of the church. Now that doesn't mean that there are not spiritual leaders in of the women of the church and hence Jennifer will talk to that, but um that's what we believe. And so in marriage, we believe that God's called men to fulfill certain roles. Like in Ephesians 5, it's interesting. In fact, study scripture. The Bible never tells a man to respect his wife. Constantly tells a man to love his wife. Why? Because he knows, because of the fall back in Genesis 3, the propensity of men is going to be to be unloving. It's right connected to the curse. Coincidentally, the Bible never tells a woman to love her husband. Because women just do this well, and yet talks to women about respecting their husbands. And so this is the thing that we, we see this throughout Scripture. So um, at Calvary Baptist Church, at Mile One Mission, we have, a, I think, a beautifully high view of men and women in our ministry, and we want men and women to be growing in their ministries, both as individuals, as married couples, and as families. And the whole time, 
seeing the beauty of the created order of God made in the image of the Trinitarian God, that certain men and certain women are called to reflect that in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Did I miss anything? Anything to add, Jennifer? <laughs> Where to start? We're, we're going to do more than one podcast. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is a very introductory uh, thing to such a important and probably heavy subject for some. And like Steve said, there is probably an emotional attachment to some for yeah. this. Uh, but Jennifer, as, as, you know, as a woman who is serving in a complementary church, who you know is our women's director, uh, how, how do you fit into this into this world? And you know, how how do you do ministry there? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I had to have a lot of teaching from Scripture to um, get to the point where um, I would call myself complementarian. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, but now I would say that I celebrate it and embrace it and think that there isn't any other way. But that took me many years of. Um, to be fair, to trust the Lord in this, because culture just drowns us as women that, that again, we have to go back to the garden. And when I yeah. teach complementarian, which I do, I do teach scripturally, and mm-hmm. it's, it's actually the young women of our generation that are now coming. And, and of course they come to the Bible study with a lot of not only questions, but cynicism and, and when I take them to scripture and show them what God says, and we go right back to Genesis, yep. and we walk through the garden together, then all of a sudden we go, okay, this is what God intended. Um, and and it's, it's, it's trusting the Lord. So the more we trust the Lord in this, the more, like anything else that we talk about, um, scripture comes alive for us. And I, I am, it was always about being valued as a woman and so sometimes we mix up our value and our worth with with what we do Mm. right and we get that very all mixed in together um but at calvary i'm very valued or i think i am um and encouraged in all the ways that god has called me to to serve Mm. uh the family but i and i so i have a, a role to play in that um and i think we we serve the gospel um, and and we serve the Lord in a much more glorifying way when we do it together as brothers and sisters. Amen. Mm, yeah. Um, I can remember actually <clears throat> on the end of the episode that we introduced you, you had a conversation with Dave. And uh, I can remember at the end of that podcast, you said, uh, I can't remember which pastor you said said it, but you said, uh, you know, don't look at what you can't do, but look at what you can do. Yeah, so sometimes we, we spend a lot of time defending complementarianism right. as opposed to uh, affirming it. Yeah. So, again, not all men are called to be leaders. Absolutely right. not, yeah. And, and, um, and not even all women are called to be leaders in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but how do we affirm women in the church that they are part of the family, that they are mothers in some cases, sisters in other cases, um, depending on you know where what generation they're in mm-hmm. um, and what season of life they're in, but how do we serve the Lord together? And really, it comes back to it's not about us. <laughs> it, it's about how do we glorify God? And so, God has put us together as men and women to glorify Him. Mm-hmm. And so, He's asked men to do certain things, and He's asked women to do certain things. Um, and, and that might look different even in a different church or a different season in a church. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and uh, I think that's you know fair. There's a certain level, I guess, of expression of commentaries. Some you might you know disagree with. That's a little more extreme, and some that's probably maybe a little. Well, I more think you're being kind. It's wrong. <laughs> Again, I I do think this is how you know this is the journey. Jennifer talked about the journey she's been on. I've been on this journey. Um, and, and it's funny because Jennifer and I, not only different as male and female, but we were different from the ends of the journey we came from. So Jennifer, again, you can talk more to this, Jen. Um, my journey was more because I was raised in what I would call a matri a patriarchal, almost a Victorianism, and that was called complementarianism. And so you know, the Lord in his mercy and grace had to both mold me, rebuke me, change me to see that some of our cultures, because again, some of the, some of the, when we talk about the culture, even complementarians have to be honest about the fact that we adapted biblical theology from God about what the roles of men and women. And we took it and we said, oh, culturally, this is, looks normal. So that must be right. And so a lot of times roles in churches, roles in the family were called godly and biblical, and they had nothing to do with it. It was simply the overwhelming culture of our day in a West, in a Western world. Um, now we flipped the switch and we've gone to the other extreme, which I think is more the journey you came from, Jen, mm -hmm. um, of, of, you know, first, second, third, fourth, what, fifth wave feminism, total equality. Uh, and again, I, I'm a, I'm a big pop culture guy. So yeah. I love to listen to comedians and, and female comedians because they talk about it. I mean, I just recently listened to a female comic who's very well known in her in her class, and she talks about feminism and equality. And she said, you know, we we say this is about equality, but it's not. And yet, the journey for for women to find value, to feel safe, to feel validated, and yet we know statistically in our culture, we talk about the levels of suicide, the highest amongst men. We talk about the dropout rate. We talk about all these types of things. And so here we have a group of men trying to find their value. Who are they? And so all I would humbly submit to both within the church and without is if you get away from God's word and God's plan, you will pervert this thing called roles and value to one extreme or the other. One extreme is the dominance. And listen, let's go back to the Bible, Genesis 3. When when Adam and Eve fell, and, and a verse that is so often misinterpreted, and God says to Eve, your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And and they read that word desire. Yeah. And they think, oh, that, that sounds like a good word, because yeah, you, you, we, we like that word, right? Yeah, you, you desire your husband. Right, and that's not a good word, because in the very next chapter, in chapter uh, 4, when Cain kills his brother uh, Abel, God says to him, sin has desired you. And so the idea here of desire means to control, to manipulate, and that's why it says, your desire shall be contrary to your husband is not in unity. What was unity is now not in unity, but he shall rule over you. And, and these nasty dudes that want to take that word rule there is not a complimentary word. That's not nice. God is saying because of sin. Now women do this, men do this. And we, we are at odds with one another, which is why Jennifer said so well, ultimately only the gospel is going to heal this. Hmm. So it's, it's within the gospel and within the uh, complementary viewpoint that, you know, you see the gospel bringing that back together in unison, you know, reflecting the Trinity, yeah. reflecting the roles, and like as God had intended it. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to 
fight these things. So we still see it today, you know, oh, that yeah. men, you know, wanting to rule and that, you know, that wrongly placed desire. Uh, but it's within complementarianism, you see that, you know, that being restored as, you know, the gospel is about restoration. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. we don't, we don't want to undermine that it, that the world is an unsafe place for women and children. Right. Absolutely. Right. I see. So that's one extreme. And the other extreme is that our gender doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Right. So we, we, we got to live between these two really extreme. And I would say a third one now is we've emasculated men. Yes. Right. All right. So this is a very important view. Obviously, you guys hold to it very strongly, and uh, I'm new to it, and I'm and I, I'm I'm convinced by it. But you know, just trying to be the interviewer guy. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Not that I'm not convinced by it, but uh, if this is such a strong position for you guys, um, and society, as we just said, seems to be the exact opposite, seems to preach the exact opposite, then like, why hold to this if society is so against it? If if you know. If we need some churches take their cues from the things around them, you know, this is maybe a little outdated. Maybe we learn to grow. Uh, it's a lot of arguments. I see, you know, what we thought was right isn't wasn't no longer right now. Uh, you mature as a person, uh, but so if society is moving in the exact opposite direction of this teaching, why hold to it? Because I'm a daughter of God. I belong mm-hmm. to Him. And so what he says goes. <laughs> I'm just going to say, boom, mic drop, podcast over. And there we go. And, and you know what? Jennifer would, would expand on that too. And what he says goes is not because he's this ogre no. authoritarian God. No. It's because he loves us and wants mm-hmm. what's best for us. So the safest way that Jennifer can enjoy being a daughter of God is to trust the one she calls our father. It's the same thing for me as a man. If I want to be a godly man, if I want to be a man that is a good friend and a good husband and a good father and a good brother or whatever, and and a good friend to women, then I want to obey God because I trust them. Right. Yeah. So uh, again, the, the more, I think the more we see a loving God and the more Mm. we are in relation with him, um, as his bride, I think the one piece maybe we've forgotten is that 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 Jesus is coming back to get his bride, and that's yep. the church. Um, and so we see a, a complementarian and relationship there as well. Um, and so sometimes when I struggle, you know, to understand what God has asked of me, you know, because I've asked those questions of, Lord, why did you give me these leadership skills if you don't want me to use them? Yep. Right. And so, again, it comes back to my relationship, my vertical relationship with the Lord. Um, And when I get that figured out before, you know, as I spend time in scripture, I spend time in prayer and I submit humbly, you know, um, then my relationships with my brothers get a whole lot easier. Doesn't doesn't mean that there's not sin there, and we don't. I mean, we don't have this all figured out. <laughs> no, we're no. Sti- we're still, you know, we're not the experts on all of this. But, um, but God is, so we can keep going to Him and, um, you know, and ask how how can I display the gospel in this relationship, whether it you know be a man or a woman, right? Yeah. Uh, one thing I mean in in my journey and Sabrina's journey. Uh, she's often said to me, and, you know, we've talked to other people from Calvary and that's about, you know, uh, our bit of her journey. And, uh, she said to me, like, she always thought she didn't want me to lead, you know, like she, she could, she's, she's very strong will willed woman. Uh, you know, Jen, mm-hmm. she's got a lot of spunk, a lot of personality, highly uh, competent. 
She is. Your she wife is. is a highly competent woman. She now. really is. Um, but when we came to here and I started, you know, digging into th this theology more, and if I could agree with this, this stance to go forward with my one mission and plant a church, um, I, I, I started to lead more. I started to take more of that responsibility. And it wasn't that I was controlling my wife, but, you know, I would be there and we went through some things that, you know, kind of forced me out into the open a bit more anyways in our family to take in, to take the brunt of some attacks and stuff. And uh, she'll say, like, I didn't, I didn't think I wanted him to leave until he did start to lead. And then she started to find that she enjoyed it. She mm -hmm. felt more protected. She felt comforted. Uh, there, there was a sense of ease in knowing that her husband was going to be there to lead and not only lead, but if things were to go wrong, you know, to, to take that and not let it all fall on her and say, okay, well, that was your decision. Like you, you screwed that up. Mm -hmm. No, I'm going to be there. I'm going to protect her. I'm going to lead her. I'm going to cherish her. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's part of our journey. She says like, it, she, she thought she didn't want it until she experienced it. Mm -hmm. And that was a really neat moment to hear from her. That's often a conversation I have with women, like, because we do, use that terrible word that submission word <laughs> and we and we do a lot of work and study with that and again mm -hmm. when we come out the other side there's there's very few women that don't go ah oh, okay that now i understand yeah it's, it's not about making women weaker no not and that 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 biblical word submission is not about being weak a fighter jet is under submission to the pilot mm, there you go there's no, there's no weakness there. There's no doormat there. There's no, right. But, but as, as men, as, as men are striving to lead mm -hmm. and, and, and women are, are wanting to come alongside and, and encourage, I, I, we would talk in the church with women about how, how do I help my husband lead? How do I encourage him to lead? Um, and then how can we, you know, work with him or follow him well, right? And some that, sometimes that, Again, that looks different in every yep. marriage yep. as well, right? There's not a cookie cutter, this is how it is, right? Which I love about scripture, right? Um, yeah, so uh, we said before, like, you know, this is, it, it's not perfect, right? When you have, we're, we're, we're in. Well, no, I, I think complementarianism is perfect in the sense in the image of God. I think we're not perfect. Right. Yeah, we're, and, we're still wrestling with the presence of sin. Yeah. We still have to run to Jesus all the time. And in how right? we display it. Yeah, absolutely. As yeah. the gospel at work in our lives and uh, transforming us. And, you know, we, we, we get it wrong. We still revert back to sometimes that ruling yep. or that improper desire. Well, again, I think we use the word lead, and there's a lot of negative connotations to that. Mm. The idea of lead, people will overreact and say, okay, so if you're leading, like when you say, Sabrina wanted me to lead, and then others, maybe there's there's men and women out there that will go, oh, yeah, you see? So the big shot gets to be the big dude, make all the shots. No, 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 the we... Leading in a we, because you're you're, according to the Bible, we believe that you and Sabrina have come together in marriage, and you're one flesh, yep. you're one together, mm -hmm. and the fact that you express your yourselves in certain ways doesn't mean leadership is not dictatorship. Leadership mean does not mean that Sabrina checks her brain or gifts or talents at the door. No, nope. it doesn't nope. even mean that there's points in your relationship where she doesn't even exert good leadership. Mm -hmm. um, it's that she trusts, and the idea of submission is that you understand the role. We don't like the word submission. Now, we often relate it to relationships, but in 1 Corinthians 15, where everybody loves, you know, uh, the, the end of this chapter, when he says, you know, O death, where is thy, thy victory? O grave, where is thy sting? We quote this at funerals. But this whole question, when you come to the end of 1 Corinthians, is the people are wondering, 
is the resurrection real? Is the, basically, is the gospel real? And when Paul decides to answer this question and put it in his perspective, he goes then, then comes the end when he delivers, now he's talking about Christ, when he, Christ, delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. Now, listen to what he says. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Now, this is all Paul saying. This is what Jesus is going to do. Okay. Then he says, for God has put all things in subjection under his feet. That's Christ's. But when it says all things are put in in subjection, submission, it is plain that he, that it is he, um, it is plain he is expected to put all things in subjection under him. And then he says, verse 28, when all things are subjected to him, now watch this, then the son himself will also be subjected to him. Now, God, the father who put all things in subjection under him. Why? That God may be all in and all. So when Jennifer says, I want to trust God and reflect the Trinity, she's actually saying, I want to be Christ-like. I, I, it's not that she's being, you know, I'm lesser, I'm in submission, I'm in subjection. No, according to first Corinthians, when, when Jennifer lovingly comes inside that, that relationship with her husband or, or whatever, she's simply reflecting Christ. Inter- interestingly, in Ephesians five, when Paul tells men, love your wives as Christ loved the church. So when a guy is doing it right, he's not being God, the father, like, He's being Christ-like. Mm. So I love this. So when, when a woman is reflecting it, she's being Christ-like. When a man is reflecting it, he's being Christ-like. Back to your original question, why do we do this? Now, yep. Jennifer, you know, Jesus told me to. John 13, <laughs> right? A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. So why do we model this in a culture that says you're nuts, you're crazy? Why do we do this in a culture that's denying gender, let alone denying roles of men and women? We've we've completely botched the definition of equality. Because when we obey Scripture, when we trust God, when we love each other the way Christ loves us, he says, by this all men will know that you are my disciples. By the way, men and women if you have love for one another. So when I love my wife right, when I love my the fellow women of my church right, and again, I love my Bible because my Bible tells me how to do that. I'm a pastor at a church, and the Bible tells me, Stephen, love older women like mothers, younger women like sisters. You might have caught on this podcast, I always refer to Jennifer as sis or sister, and I'm, I'm very deliberate in doing that. It is a verbal cue to me of the relationship parameters of my friendship with Jennifer. She's my sister. So I treat her with dignity and respect. I admire her. I look up to her. I need her in my life. But she's completely different from the relationship I have with my wife. Yep. And if everything's equal, I mean, look, I, I be full one to admit, people can throw some stones at the inconsistencies and imperfections of complementarianism, but don't act like there's not some gross... How, now, watch the irony of this. Gross inequality in the equality movement. Mm. Um, so this is why I do this. And then furthermore, in chapter 17 of John, when Jesus prays in the Garden of Eden, he actually wants us to be one. And this one is not equality in the sense of uniformity. It means one in regards to unison. It is unity. And he says when they do that, then all people will know that Jesus is actually God. Mm-hmm. So why do I 
practice this in this culture that often mislabels me, falsely accuses me, all these types of things, is because I believe this is the fuel that helps me love men and women appropriately with integrity and ethics, accountability, and transparency. And I also think when men and women practice this, albeit imperfectly, we prove that we actually are followers of Christ mm -hmm. and we actually display that Jesus is actually God. That's, that's fantastic. So uh, very quickly now, um, so Jennifer, you like we said, you dropped the mic there because Jesus <laughs> told me so, the Bible says so. I also yeah. like the, the submission, like even the pilot, I, that, that was mm. beautiful. So uh, you uh, you said you, you, know, you teach this to young girls and to the ladies well, of the church. Well, to all church. the women in the church, yeah. Yeah, to all, to yeah. all the ladies of the church. Uh, so you deal with that side, Steve, you deal with the other side. Um, but for those who are listening who aren't from Newfoundland, um, complementarian churches aren't very common here. You're, you're not in the majority. Oh, you mean all. in Newfoundland? Yeah, Newfoundland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyone from outside the province might look in and be like, why is this a big deal? Well, here it's very uncommon. So what's it been like for you guys? Because I'm just, I'm still new to the church, new to um, this theology. So what's it been like for you guys being a complementarian church in Newfoundland? So here was the early struggle for me. Mm -hmm. um, I joined a complementarian church and then didn't get much teaching on it or didn't have any examples to follow. Okay. So... It's very disorienting when um, you, you have the desire to, to, to do what God's Word says, but you don't know what it says. <laughs> <laughs> that can be frustrating. I can see that being frustrating. <laughs> right? Um, and, and so I had to go off the island to learn um, from Scripture and, okay. and from other godly women that had wrestled with this. Um, to, to just even learn what scripture had to say. And that's, that's not, that's not to negate, you know, our, our pastors that are, but, but they have the whole family to feed. And, 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 um, so I did have to go outside the Island to, um, just to even learn what scripture had to say about, you know, complementarian. So have you dealt with any uh, people or any ladies or friends saying like, you know, how can you serve in a place like this? Because e even when we started here, Sabrina had, well, friends or acquaintances from our last denomination who asked her, like, how can you serve there? Like, I would never be able to do it. Have you ever faced anything like that? So I won't say overtly, but I know that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need name names. No, no. Um but I know that it's out there, but, uh, but again, I, I serve God and I let him deal with my reputation and Amen to that. all those things. And, and, and again, when you take people to scripture and they're humbly seeking, mm -hmm. um, I, I just, I just love Christ and carry on. What about you, Steve? What's it been like for you to even pastor a complementarian yeah. church in Newfoundland? Well, I mean, obviously, because of the mainline denominations, I wasn't raised in that. I was raised in a very strict, independent Baptist world where, quite frankly, I think complementarianism was exampled very poorly with a lot of male dominance and a lot of, um, you know, calling Victorianism or patriarchalism as biblical, and, and it's not. So I've probably picked enemies. Uh, so on one sense, I guess everybody hates me because I'm not, I'm not progressive enough for one group to like me and I'm, I'm too liberal for the other group to like me because I believe in following the Bible. And so for us, I, I, I believe we are supposed to celebrate women. The greatest thing for me 
outside of giving God the glory, because that's who is worthy of it all, is how many women come to our church from all kinds of backgrounds who will come to me and go, I, I've, I've never been treated so well. It is so safe here for us. And we celebrate. We want our women to be theologians. We want the ladies and the daughters of God in our church to be competent and to lead and to use their gifts and talents in all kinds of ways. And so when we use all these things and we struggle and strive to interpret the Bible and let the Bible take us where it takes us, and we're honest about about you know the patience that takes, about the fact that we are all very different, um, that we all come from different things, and that our God is so immensely creative. Um, there's no cooker cookie for the cooker cookie cutter. cookie cutter. Yes, thank you, sis. <laughs> um, for the ladies, and there's none for the men. We're all on a different story. Now we all go to the same place, the cross. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. But how God draws us to Him, transforms us into His image, is as varied as there are people. And he's wonderfully patient and long-suffering. And so, you know, Jennifer's where she's at. I just don't want people out there to think that when we say we're complementarian that, and we use these words submission, I would challenge people, as Jennifer said, go to the Bible. We do not believe women are to be subjective to men. That is not what the Bible says. Um, we don't believe that that even a pastor gets to just dictate over, over not, not only just women, but over men and women. That is wrong. It's sinful. Um, we believe that if we example Christ, that is the greatest, most beautiful example we can give to the world. And we example Christ not only in following his words, but we example Christ and also how we deal with it when we screw up. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest struggle is whether you're complementarian or egalitarian, you got to be honest about, as Jennifer started this, what do you do with the gospel? So when, when you have a fight as in a marriage, what do you do? Yep. When you have disagreements as men and women, what do you do? But we live in a very sexually charged world where everybody's finding their identity in everything. Gender is under attack. Where, where the church has to be honest. Whether you're complementarian, by the way, or egalitarian, we are riddled with sexual scandals, with men and women falling sexually and in all kinds of ways. So the only answer to that is twofold. One, we are all sinners. And two... Maybe we got to be a bit more honest about how we're interpreting scripture mm-hmm. and applying it in everyday life. Well, that, that was great, guys. I mean, again, we're we're a little over, which is fine because this is a big topic. I've really enjoyed this conversation with you guys, and we can uh, open up to more later on. Yeah, I hope people realize they can reach out again at mile1mission.ca. Talk to Jennifer. Send any inquiries, prayer requests, or anything at all like that to us. Like this is not something we're like. You know, again, you guys know, uh, I always say truth is never afraid of a question, and we need to be able to walk through this. And for anybody, um, my sister over here is highly, highly skilled in these types of things, and I will gladly talk to any uh, men or women about this as well as we go on this journey, because all we want to do is reflect Christ. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, even if you're in the area and you're curious about complementarianism, you know, drop by our church sometime yeah. and, and see if... if if you don't really know what it's about, you only have hearsay or you've yeah. heard some things, drop by and see how see how we do it. We're not perfect. We don't <laughs> always get it right. But, you know, we I like... I think that's important, Adam, is we're still learning and we're still mm-hmm. figuring things out, right? So, But I, I agree. Like, if people have questions, if you've got, if you've heard myths or you have, you know, impressions, by all means, uh, send us something in. And because if, if, if we get our, if we get our backs up and go how dare you ask that? Then I, I wouldn't think that we actually know what we believe or why we believe it. So 
Because um, I do think there's a lot of hurt out there. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. May I say on both sides. So this really does come back all the way to what Jennifer said at the beginning, the gospel, and who do you trust? All right. If you enjoyed this episode, uh, feel free to reach out and let us know if you want to hear more. We will have more on complementarianism uh, in the future. Hopefully we'll get Jennifer back in. She has a very busy schedule, and we appreciate you uh, so much, Jennifer, all, all that you do. Uh, and you as well, Steve. So Thank you. Uh, Thank you for listening, and uh, catch us again next week on Rugged Theology. You have been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is a podcast of Mile One Mission. If you'd like to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland, please visit us at www.mileonemission.ca. (laughs) 